Every bow and every eye closed, let us look unto the Lord right now and let us get our hearts turned because there is a word from the Lord and it's for each and every one of us in this place. In this place, so Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and glorify your precious name, thanking you, Lord, for this day. This day being a special day because this day is the day that you have made. And not only did you make it, Lord God, you gave it to each and every one of us that are in this place, Lord. As has been said already that some went to sleep last night and, and did not wake up as we have, Lord God. So we honor that thought and that understanding, Lord God. And we don't want to even take this moment for granted, oh Lord, realizing that that could have been us or that it could have been me, Lord God. So let this touch us in the innermost parts of our heart and our being right now, Lord God, the very essence that it could have been me. And Lord, as you minister to us right now, Lord God, please let this not go in vain, Lord God. Let it not pass over us, Lord God, and somehow that we just continue to take for granted the opportunity for life and even all that comes with it. So right now, Lord God, I just pray for you to have your way in each and every heart that is gathered here today. Lord, speak to our hearts as your word minister to us, Lord God, let it change us. Let it rearrange some things in our lives, Lord God, that we may never be the same. Let it accomplish that which you have sent it out to accomplish on this day. And all this in agreement is in Jesus' name. Let us say amen, amen, amen and amen. If you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark on this morning. Mark chapter 4. And uh, the passage of scriptures that we'll be looking at on today is 34 verses 35 through the end of the chapter verse 41 and this is a passage of scripture or at least a story uh, uh, that is mentioned in Mark uh, as well as Mark in Matthew and Luke for sure and it's certainly uh, 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 a passage of scripture that many of us have often heard of before but God wants to just shed some light uh, on this little story as uh, he speaks to us on today. I suppose that if I have to uh, title the message, it would be something to the effect of peace in the storm. Peace in life's storm. Peace in life's storm. Um, you know, the, as you get there, Storms in life or, 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 or life storms is nothing unusual. Uh, and not just unusual to this day and time, but it's not nothing new under the sun. Life storms have, uh, through the history uh, of man goes all the way back to a certain time. And that time came with the fall of man. So ever since Adam ate of that tree and, and man was... Uh, fallen from grace and sin uh, and evil entered to the world, 
we continuously see from day one that storms began to rise in man's life. And even on today, so, you know, for many of us, we go through many different things, and, and, and sometimes we can feel, it has already been said, that we so, you know, why did this happen to me, or how could this, why me, uh, and all of these different things, but, you know, the, there's nothing new under the sun, and there's no storms that have taken on to any of us that is not common even to man. Come on, somebody. In there. So, in the, the text, that what we find is, is the story of, of, of the, uh, the apostles having entered the boat and following Christ as Jesus had compelled to them to let's go to the other side as he was ministering uh, to, some, to the Jews and then he, he thought this is in, in deep study, then you can see that what he was doing, he was going to the other side because he, his intentions was to minister even to some of the, the people of Decapolis, which were Gentile folks, uh, to my understanding. But the fact of the matter is, is that in uh, the crossing of the sea, we see that the, the, they ran into a storm in the Sea of Galilee. So let us just read it and then we want to talk about that. God want to minister to our hearts because there is a life lesson for even us today in what they experienced. So in verse 35, it says on the same day, this is Mark chapter four, verse 35. When evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus saying to his apostles, let us cross over to the other side. Somebody here with us, saith the Lord, because something in our lives right now already got the, the, the metaphor is already being set because God is calling somebody on today to let's cross over to the other side. Come on, somebody. There's times in our life that God compels us through Christ Jesus to cross over to the other side. Come on, my friends. Now, in verse 36, it said, now, when they had, um, when they had left the multitude, they took him. Uh, they took him along in the boat as he was, and what that infers is that they. It was a sudden, almost immediate. You know, uh, whatever uh, abruptly, you know, announcement to. Okay, let's. We're gonna go to the other side. Then let's go. And they took him as he was in there. There's so much more to that. And, uh, and another little boat were also with them, it says. Verse 37, it says, a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, that's Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you do not have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? 
if when you look at the account that Matthew, this is Mark speaking here, there's a different account that Luke says, uh, and when I say different, just in Luke, uh, and also in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 8, I want you just to put your finger there just for a second because it's significant that we see some of the differences. Here in, in Matthew account, this is Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 23. It says like this, now when the, he got into the boat, this is Jesus, you'll see a little bit difference and it's just the perspective. He says his disciples followed him. So uh, underline that in your heart, in your mindset, because understand this, that when they got into the boat, they, the apostles had followed him into the boat. It says, then the great tempest arose in the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Then his uh, disciples came to him and woke and saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. And, and, and Mark, they, they said to him, you know, do you not care that we are perishing? Here in, in, in Matthew's account, he says the, they, they called on him to save them for they were perishing. But he, and, and then look what Jesus said. He says, but he said to them, why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Mark uh, writes it down as no faith. Uh, Luke refers to it as little faith as well. You know, and Matthew refers to it, or actually Luke refers to it as faith, uh, faithless. You know, and, and, and here Matthew says of little faith. And, and I just want, we want to start by saying this and having the understanding. Here the emphasis was uh, for the mindset and the heart set of the apostles. This is the disciples that followed Jesus unto the boat. It was not that they didn't have no faith at all. It was that their faith was undeveloped. This is significant because it speaks to you and me even in the time that we live. The storms of the Sea of Galilee serves as a metaphor to remind us, the readers today, that no one, somebody say no one, is exempt from life's storms. No one is exempt from life's storms just as uh, he and uh, just because you are a follower of Christ does not exempt us from life's storms. As was true, we see here for his disciples that was following him and not only following him, they were following him in, in live and living color. They was following Jesus himself. Come on, somebody. Understand this, that the storms of life or the tempest can burst out upon the people uh, of God at any time. And just because we are the people of God, it's, we're not exempt from the storms of life. They can uh, burst out on, our, uh, on us in, even while we are near him. Hear that. Even while we are near him, we see this here. They were actually with Jesus and the storm came. And so to it for us today that the storms of life, even as we are followers of him, in walking closely to him, it doesn't alleviate the storms of life from our lives. They, uh, it also can uh, understand this, that the, the, the storms of life can fall upon his people living even when they do nothing wrong. And matter of fact, when we're doing everything right. The storms of life can fall on us even when we 
when there's no sin that separate us from him. When we ain't actively living in sin. And finally, the storms of life can uh, come upon us even when we are so-called or, or, or have intentions to, uh, to walk per in the perfect will of God. The fact of the matter is, is that it's not storms of life will come upon each and every one of us and especially as believers. Understand this, when Jesus and his disciples shoved off from the, the shore that day, he knew the storm was coming, yet he did not prevent it. Why? First and foremost, I would suppose that he knew he would uh, be with them in the storm. First is because he knew that he would be with them in the storm. And see, one of the things that we have to understand is that God is with us. This is what he has said throughout the time. Is he said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And see, all of this stuff many of us have heard over and over in our lives. But what God is wanting to speak to us this day, somebody say this day, is, is he's wanting to speak to the bottom of our heart, not to the intellect of your mind. Because the intellect of our mind will tell us that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And then when we're in the midst of the storm, we're trying to convince uh, our, uh, what's in our mind, we're trying to convey it to our heart. Too late, my friend. While we are in this place of peace and in the presence of God, Right now, today, God is wanting to make a transition or transfer from our intellect to our heart set, my friend. And he's wanting us to know for sure that uh, it, it ain't just words that he says that he will never leave us like he said uh, all the way back to Joshua. When he gave him the, 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 his decree and, and, and his orders to lead the children of Israel on into the promised land. He says, but just remember this, that I will be with you. And that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And God is still speaking to us even today. And he's already spoken to us even in just a more powerful way because he's already proven that. How has he proven it? He's proven it because he's given us of his Holy Spirit. See, this is what the book of John chapter 16 verse 33 speaks of, of the peace that he would give us, but he also speaks of the fact that, that, he's, that he had to go away that what? The spirit of truth may come. And when that spirit of truth came, what would it do? It would live and abide and rest on the inside of us. And not only would it be abiding on, with us, but it would also do what? It would lead and guide us into all truths. This is the Holy Spirit. And yes, my friends, these guys had Jesus himself with them. But yet, as natural human beings, just like you and me, when the storm came and Jesus was with them, what was their reaction? Fear fell upon them. Because they wasn't realizing what Jesus had already knew, that, that why he did not rebuke or stop the storm from happening because he knew that he was going to be with them. And secondly, he knew that a life without turmoil, somebody said this already this day, has no real meaning. This is what Pastor Ray just prayed a few minutes ago, that without the trials of life, then uh, how good, what, what, what good is it? 
See, some of us, we only learn by trials and tribulations. Some of us don't learn through observation. It would be nice, see, because if, if truly, if we could learn through observation, we wouldn't have to suffer some of the tribulation. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. So for some of us, we actually have to go through the turmoil. So again, the second thing is that he knew that without turmoil, that some of them would not really get it. They wouldn't understand it. They, the real joy they would not receive and produce no real faith. Because see, that's the bottom line. The faith that was undeveloped, this was to produce a development in their faith. Come on, somebody. And this is a beautiful thing. And the reason why is because, you know, here's the thing. When he says, do you not, when they said to him, do you not care that we are perishing? What they didn't understand is that safety, they were looking for safety. Somebody here. They were looking for safety, but not realizing that the, the, the safety was already there. Safety, however, is not the absence of trouble, but rather the presence of Jesus, somebody. See, for most of us in our lives, when we, when we look for safety, what we're looking for is the absence of trouble. And we call that safety, and that's where our faith, we think our faith is being built up from. But the safety is not the absence of trouble. Safety is the presence of the Almighty God. So more than us looking in our lives to, to be relieved from trouble, what we ought to be looking for is the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the operation in our lives, my friend. This is good news today. God wants to encourage us that we got to begin to put on some new glasses today, my friend, and stop looking for him to relieve that which is, is inevitable, that which is going to happen. And we're looking for safety in all the wrong places, my friend. And this is what we see with the, 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 the disciples here, that while Christ was with them, were they looking, uh, did they know that their safety came from the fact that the Son of God is with them? No, what they were looking for is a peace or, or calm in the, in, in the storm. Stop the storm, stop the storm. God is calling us way past that, my friend. Because the times is getting evil and more and more. And he needs somebody who can ride in the boat while the storm is happening and have the peace that passes all understanding, my friend. He needs us to quit looking for the relief because ain't no relief coming. But he leads some, some real riders on today. Who, which one of us can ride in the boat and know that we know that we know that our faith can be developed and encouraged that Jesus is with us. Hallelujah. And this is huge because we've been looking for all, we've been looking for the wrong thing, he said. And God is wanting to develop some, some real truth uh, in our faith. And the faith is, is, is the fact that he is with us. Undeveloped faith is us looking for a relief. But the true faith is us recognizing the presence of Christ Jesus. 
So when the relief comes, uh, we already walking in faith, so it doesn't matter. So our peace don't come from the relief. Our peace come from the presence. And why is this important? I'm serious, my friend. This is a, a short but sweet message. This is really vitally important, my friend, because as we continue to live and as until the coming of Christ Jesus, and God already knows, so we got to trust him on this, that he knows more than we know, that he needs vessels that are fit for his use. And a vessel that's fit for its use is not one that is trying to re be removed from the storm, but it's one that's to recognize the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the storm so we can work while it's still day. Because see, even right now what God knows in the part we're going to have to trust him on, that there's going to be raging storms continuously. And if our faith is in the storm being removed, then there's going to be no work for the kingdom except when it's time when the storm cease. And we are moving into a time where there, the storms are going to take up more time raging than it is going to ever be uh, them calm. I'm going to say that again. Somebody missed that. We are moving and now is already in a time where the storms are going to be more continuous than the time of peace or time of calmness. See, this is what God knows. So that's why he needs somebody. Uh, he needs us to be on the right page and the right tune and to not be moved by our circumstances or the cares of life or the trials of life or the tribulation that comes against us. And this ain't no new news, my friends, because he said it all along. He told us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, that those who desire to live godly will. Come on, somebody. He didn't say might. He didn't say uh, probably. He says will suffer persecution. Will. And so why is it uh, such a surprise? that we may have to go through or we are being attacked on every side by the enemy. And not only uh, by the enemy, but some of these trials and the tribulations we go through, we set them forth ourselves. But be it may, or be it as it is, even the ones that you set before for yourself, let alone the ones that is coming by way of the enemy, the presence of Christ Jesus in our lives, is the answer to all of these things. Hallelujah. Even the ones we fall into or we cause ourselves. That it's, the, it's time for us, our faith to be developed, our eyes to be refocused and see the presence of Christ Jesus in our lives that will do that which needs to be accomplished. And that which needs to be accomplished ain't going to be always Immediately that the storm stops. But what it is going to be, it's going to be a peace that comes in you, even in the midst of the storm. Glory be to God. And God really wants to encourage us with this word today. Because <laughs> again, intellectually, we know some things. But he's talking about, he needs this to touch our hearts right now. 
Because some of us won't rest until the storm stops. And God is saying, I need you to rest in the midst of the storm. Because that rest that's in the midst of the storm is the work for the kingdom. It is your testimony. It is what others may see in your life. How could she be going through all of that and, and, and boy, she has the joy of the Lord all over. It's impossible, except in Christ Jesus. See, because with God, nothing's impossible, my friend. With man, it is. But with God, it's not. So understand this, that the storms of life or rough, rough weather should never surprise us. It should never surprise us. In fact, Scripture says the storms must come our way if we uh, desire to live godly. Look at 1 Peter, if you will. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4 for a second. First Peter chapter four, verse 12. First Peter chapter four, verse 12 says, beloved, that's you and me. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to me. Come on, somebody. Do not think it's strange. It says in verse four, uh, 13, it says, but, somebody say but. But he says, but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when the glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Because if you rep uh, are reproached for the, for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Hallelujah. This is a serious thing that we have to be encouraged by, my friends, is that to not think it's strange. As believers, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And to kill, steal, and destroy, let us not leave off distract. Because for many of us, he haven't destroyed us yet. For many of us, we're not dead. But for many of us, we are also distracted by the cares of life or the challenges that the enemy has come against us with in the form of uh, all kinds of ways. We talked about them all day this morning in the form of uh, our own anxiety that's operating in ourselves, in the form of our finances, in the form of relationships, in the form of this, that, and all the others that is sent to distract us. You know, when there's something right now that uh, God wants me to, to share just real quick because we, there's something that we, and this is a powerful piece of information 
and it ain't information, it becomes revelation when you add the Spirit to this information, and I pray that the Spirit is at work, so there should be a revelation in somebody's heart this day. That the distractions by the enemy, I'm talking about the ones that sent by the enemy to you as a believer. I'm not talking about to when we were lost and in the world. But to you as a believer, anytime that Satan sends anything your way to, uh, to distract you, whether it's the cares of life or whatever, it's only for one reason, my friends. And that is not. Somebody say not. Let me tell you what it's not. It's not to steal your salvation. See, because some of us have been thinking that he's been trying to snatch our salvation or get us to come to hell with him. And that's why he's distracting us. Impossible. Because Jesus says that all that you've given me in my hand, God, I've lost none. He can't take you out of the hands of the Son of God. He says that in my hands can't nobody snatch you out of my hands. Including the enemy himself. Satan himself. So while you're telling us what, well, that's good news, my friend. You need to know that. Somebody need to know that because what we need to know is uh, that he's not sending these distractions to try to steal your salvation. That ought to give you some confidence that you may be able to move forward. So why is he sending these distractions? It's one person, um, one purpose and one purpose only. That See, because God for you and God in you is a light that shines into a dark world. And see, you as a believer, God's purpose for each and every one of us as believers is that he can shine his light through us. That someone in a dark world can be drawn by that light. See, this is the old song my mom and them used to sing, Let My Light Shine. And that's why they sung it, because she understood that our purpose for being here as a believer, born again, uh, saved and sealed for the day of redemption, is that my light got to shine for the rest of my time here. And what Satan does, he sends distractions. Because see, what distractions does, it gets us to hide or cover or, or, or go in the closet with our light. Yes. That's it. And that test is for him. He wants that light to be dim because his problem is is not trying to draw you back across. Remember when Jesus said, let us go across? See, he's he not trying to draw you back across. What he's trying to do is keep those on his side from crossing over to the light. And God has set it forth in the earth as a responsibility and how he's chosen to draw or save the lost is through those of us that have already been saved. Come on, somebody. This ain't no big secret. Hallelujah. So it's high time for us to begin to live the life that God, this is why he's calling us to live this life. He's not putting or, or, or commanding us to walk in love that will change our lives and stop and, 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 and head us in a, a direction that's towards him to keep us bound or to, to make us suffer. That's not why he's telling us to live a life that's holy and pleasing unto him. No, he's telling us to live a life that's holy and pleasing unto him because it lets your light shine. 
And in your light shining, then somebody's coming across. And that's what Satan's problem is. I don't want you to be drawing nobody across. So my attention on you ain't to draw you back, but it's to keep you, stay, keep that light down. Let me consume her with her finances right now. That let me distract her uh, uh, or test her in this area because then she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna, she gonna forget to turn the light on when she get up in the morning. Hallelujah. And not just she, but he too. They'll forget to turn their light on. And this is the reason why it's essential that we understand and that we have peace in the storm. Not peace after the storm. But peace in the storm. This is the reason why it's essential that we, that the storm is not the thing that, that's going to give us, the calmness of the storm ain't what's going to give us peace. But it's the presence of Jesus and knowing his presence. Do you know his presence in your life right now? Right now. And some of us ain't, may not be going through many storms right now. But now, if that's the case, then this is the time for you to link in, lock in, and, and, and get loaded. Get it loaded, my friends. <laughs> because if you wait for the, the rage of the storm to come, you're, you're going to be like the, 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 ver the five foolish virgins that didn't have no oil in their lap trying to scuffle to get it right. It's not going to happen, my friend. This is our preparation time. And we got to do it right now. And it's been far too long that we haven't been doing it. You notice that in, 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 in here, this is the only place in Scripture where, 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 the, where Scripture uh, mentions that Jesus slept. And he did so. It's the only place that the, the Scripture even mentions that Jesus is sleeping. You know, not that he didn't sleep. He slept all the time, I imagine, because he was human just like me and you, but he was fully God. And this is what this powerful uh, uh, story uh, demonstrates, is that even the, the sea, the raging of the winds and the sea, listens to the almighty son of God. But it's interesting that here is the only place that it mentions Jesus ever sleeping. And guess what? And guess when it was? In the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm, and that ought to tell us something, my friends. That Jesus, being fully locked in, and, 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 full, uh, and his faith fully developed, that's because that's it. See, did you realize that Jesus had to have faith when he was here, and his faith was truly in God? It said Because he said, that's the only one I listened to, because it's in God he trusted. Even to the point when he was uh, when he when he was buried in the grave, let it be made known unto you. If you didn't understand it, if you ain't never thought about it, let it be made known unto you this day, my friend, that when he was buried in that grave, he did not raise himself up. The Bible says that it was God who raised him from the dead. So he had to trust God that he would that if he go into this grave, that it was God and God him alone that would bring him out. See, we take that for granted, my friend. And don't even think about it at times. But it was, so he had to have faith 
more than we ever did. Because he knew that if he goes in that grave and if God don't raise him up, then he's left in the place of death in Hades. And he knew that when he went down there, he did not have no control to bring himself out. That it had to be God. And the reason why I can say that for certain, because that is the sign that God was pleased, the resurrection. That's why the Christian faith is hinged on one thing and one thing only, and that is the death, burial, and the resurrection. Because the resurrection is the sign to all mankind that God, somebody say God, that God was satisfied. That it was God that was satisfied. It was Jesus done the work, but God was satisfied in his, that sign. Unlike any other religion, the resurrection was done by God and God alone. And the power in the resurrection of why it speaks so much power and why it shuts down every other form of religion is that that is God's sign unto man, the one that he created, that yes, I am satisfied with the sacrifice. I am fully pleased. And this is where that phenomenon that blows our minds that how could our sins be forgiven as far as the east is from the west? For those that we ain't even did yet, but they already been taken care of. It blows our mind, the real thought of it. And some of us, we don't even go that deep in thought because it's too scary and I get it. Hey. And it's all right. That's a, just develop your faith, my friends. Glory be to God. We'll understand it by and by is what my mama said. When we see him face to face, hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is the good news, my friend, and this is what we can be encouraged by. And this is what he wants to encourage us by today that my friend, that your safety is not in the calm of the storm. It's in the presence of Christ Jesus and your recognition of that presence of the Holy Spirit at work in full control in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. And for some of us, that's today. For many of us, that's today. Because we are going through it on all sides. We're being challenged on many sides. But he says, don't look for the calm. Look for the presence. Hallelujah. Focus on the presence, my friend. Because that presence will take you through every wave of the wind, of the sea. And it will land you to the destination that he has planned for you, my friend. And that is a place of calm and peace. Come on, somebody. There is a destination. Hallelujah. Jesus did not discount the danger that the uh, disciples faced. He rebuked them in for their doubt of his ability to save them. That's what he rebuked them for. He never, it wasn't a discount of the danger that they was facing. But it was a rebuke because you didn't realize who I am and that I am with you. See, somebody needs to know today that God is not discounting the danger of the, uh, of the trials that you are facing, my friends, or, 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 or the magnitude of it. 
But what he's saying to you is I need you to realize who I am and that I am with you. Do you know that he's with you today? After he rebuked, they, they, their fear even, they feared even more than before, realizing that Jesus was far more powerful than the sea. Mark's point is that Jesus should be the model and the object of believers' faith for every Christian. That's for you and me, that Jesus should be the model and the object of our faith, my friends, because it leads us to a destination. And in closing here, it's a couple things. Do we understand that, you know, we don't have to wait until we fall out the boat. God rather us not wait until we, you know, see, because what, what could have happened is they could have waited or Jesus could have waited until they fell out the boat. Because if you read the story, I mean, it says the, the wind was blowing that, the, the sea, and it was filling the boat already. Matthew's account was really vivid in the fact that the, that the, that the waves was overtaking the boat already. And so Jesus could have waited till they was in the water and out the boat where they wouldn't have had no choice but to do one or two, actually three things, call on Jesus. Be still and wait for Jesus and to seek him. You see, and what he's speaking to us today that's real relevant, my friend, is he don't need us to wait until we fall out the boat to be still. And, and this being still is because I ain't got no choice. This being still and waiting on God, uh, let me take still off and just say waiting on God. Because when you fall in the sea and you can't do nothing for yourself, then you have to wait on him. And he's saying that you don't have to wait until you fall into the, the sea to wait on me. You don't have to wait until you fall in the sea to call on my name. You don't have to wait until you fall in the sea until you're forced to seek my face. He wants us to do it right now. Don't wait until you're already in the water and don't have a choice but to call on God to be still and wait for him now. To seek him. See, there's one that we know that I'll just give one example of somebody that we know that's really precious that did just that thing. He had to wait till he fell out the boat before he would do anything in terms of calling on God. If you remember my friend Jonah, see what, what, what it was with Jonah, and I ain't talking about literally falling out the boat even though they, they threw him out the boat, but that's not the part I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the dynamics of us being, uh, you know, seeing the presence of Christ in the Holy Spirit in our lives in the midst of the storm. See, when God was telling him to go and minister to the people, that was a storm for him. Why? Because I, them people ain't worthy of you, Lord, and I ain't going to do it. So he waited 
until not only did he fall out the boat, but he was in the belly of the big fish and could not do nothing for himself. So what happened? He had to wait, be still, and wait on God. Not only was he still, then he began to call on God. Hallelujah. The Bible said he'd be that, that's where he began to pray. He began to, number three, seek God. And in him seeking God, we know the story that after a period of time, somewhere around three days, that the, the fish of, you know, spitted them out, vomited them out, whatever you want to say, up on the shore. And guess where he had to head to? His destination, my friend. To the destination. We have a destination. And through the trials and some of the tribulations that we have to go through, through some of the testing, and some of it even God allows, it ain't no doubt, my friends. But there, at the end of these trials, there is a destination that he is trying to take us to. And that destination boils down to one thing and one thing only. Is your life, are you a vessel that is fit for the master's use? Because in the trials and any tribulation that God allows, those the ones that he sends, those the ones that you bring up on yourself, he is always working for your good, as Romans chapter 8 says. Which in working for your good, don't think that he forgot his good, because his good came first. He's always working for the kingdom. Hallelujah. And in that, he is uh, working in you patience. He's working perseverance. He's working uh, 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 trust, and he's building and developing your faith in the almighty God. He is working his works in you. And for you and me today, my friend, the manifold manifestation of the glory and the, uh, and the love of God at work is in uh, where it can manifest us to us in a way that will develop our faith like never before. It's him working his works in the middle of the storm. When you are in a place where you can't do what he can. Because for some of us and most of us, our biggest problem has been ourselves. That as long as I can add my two cents or if I can do something, then I don't have to trust God. Not from here. We just trust him from here. When, as long as we got something else that we can come up with, another plan that we can put in place from A, plan A, B, C, D, and all down the road, then our trust is only an intellectual trust because we only can say it with words. But when we are run out of options, The transformation has to hit home, my friend. And that is in our heart. And God is saying, I want, you can have that first. This is the transition he's taking us to, is that this can be where we start at, not where we end at. That this can be our starting point, Elder, not our last resort. Today, today God is speaking to your heart. He's knocking on the door of our hearts. And he's saying, my friends, I am your peace in the middle of the storm. I am your peace 
in the middle of the storm. Your peace is not the storm stopping. Your peace is me. See, because I'll be your peace when the storm is raging, and I'll be your peace when it ain't no storm, see. And that's the part we don't know that we need. We need peace even when the storm ain't raging, my friend. Because if you ever expect to have some peace when the storm starts raging, then you had to have it before. Ask the virgins. Ain't no oil in the midst of the storm. Ain't no gathering up your peace in the middle of the storm, my friend. You got to have it going in. And God has said, I'm here to give you that peace this day that it will be with you just as I am with you, that it will never leave you nor forsake you just as I won't, and that it will be your guiding light as I orchestrate by my spirit your steps. See, that peace is, 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 is a part of that light. Remember, see, he says that I'm not only is he a lamp unto the path, I mean a, a light unto the pathway, but he says I'm a lamp unto your feet. Did you ever wonder why, if he's already lit up the pathway, why I got to have a lamp on my feet? Because you need some of his peace on, as you make one step, from one step to the next. It's a part of his peace. See, because he knows some of us, even if the light is shining all bright on the path, if you can't see your feet, you ain't finna make a step. God knows. And we have to believe and trust him today, today, today. And he's making it new today. He's making all things new. No, he's not doing a new thing. It ain't nothing new under the sun. But he's making all, old, old and all things new. Come on, somebody. And he wants to make it new for you today. The question is, is will you receive it? Will you receive it? Let us look to the Lord.